category of the scripture that says when you hunger and thirst <laughs> for righteousness you'll be filled I want to ask you if you would to uh, be praying for me and Skeeter tomorrow we will be ministering at funeral for Ken Green who goes to church here he also has gone on to be with the Lord and have his funeral tomorrow at noon and um, and keep my wife in your prayer she's having a knee replacement uh, Tuesday she wore that sucker out praying for me I think but uh, <laughs> at least I hope that's what she's been doing Steve <laughs> alright the Lord's laid a simple passage of scripture on my heart tonight that's basically trying to drive home the points of last week's message and uh, maybe that's because some of you are in the slow learners class I don't know but uh, no jokingly I I'm finding more and more that more and more people are in the battles of their life struggles pressures difficulties and I don't want to make light of that but I want you to keep before you scripture that says while you're in this world you'll have tribulations but there's that word but be of good cheer because he's overcome the world and if you're a child of God then you can just you can stand on the scripture and not just quote words you can stand on the scripture that says greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world if you're equipped with the word of God if you have prepared yourself for battle and you're that child of God and the spirit of God dwells in you you're not exempt from battles but you are exempt from failure if you'll fight the fight of faith now you can't not fight and expect to win and I want to just help spur you on down the road in love, under good works, I want to encourage you tonight to keep your focus on the prize so that you're not running as one beating there. Remember why you're running. You know, heaven just got a little sweeter for me last night. I know you've got loved ones up there. And it's not just about attaining heaven. Duke and I had this conversation the other day. We're not saved just to escape hell. We're saved unto good works. We're ser saved to serve. We're saved to be productive and overcomers on this earth, in this life, in this game called life that has eternal consequences. We are called and encouraged to be victors keep in mind that God's never intended for his kids to be the devil's punching bag he wants us to learn how to fight back he wants us to learn how to win winning is not just doesn't just come easy that's why everybody doesn't go to the Super Bowl that's why everybody's not fighting for the certain title of the world. That's why everybody's not World Series champions. Because not everybody is willing to prepare to win. 
I'm probably in trouble and probably going to get whipped. <laughs> but here's a man sitting on the front row that's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. I don't remember what his record is, 200 and something fights and won a whole heck of a lot of them. And I assure you that didn't just happen by showing up on fight night. A lot of sweat in the gym. A lot of studying the opponent. A lot of fat lips and bloody noses. But there was a determination. There was a focus. There was an intensity and a commitment to be the victor. Therefore, he prepared and he succeeded. And I use that analogy because I want us in the spiritual realm to prepare to succeed. Expect to succeed. I'm going to jump ahead in my message. Uh, one of my points that I'm going to make shortly is about faith. And we know Hebrews says that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But let me give you to you the way Webster's Dictionary says it. Listen to this. Faith. Unquestioning belief. We say we're walking in faith, are we? It's an unquestioning belief. A complete trust or confidence. Loyalty. So when you say you're walking by faith, are you really? Are you really unquestioning, believing, and expecting God to show up, show out, do what's necessary as you fight the fight with Him, as you put works to your faith, as you give Him something to work with, are you totally, unquestioningly, in complete trust or confidence? That means not wishing. Most of us, when we say we're walking by faith, we're wishing. Wishing is not faith. Wishing is based upon an emotion of a desire. God wants us to have complete trust, unquestioning belief, loyalty to Him, to His Word. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. You're going to recognize this passage of Scripture real quickly. I won't dwell long, but I want to dwell for a few moments because I recognize many of you like me are confronted with some things right now in your life. Verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, and he took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God, or the prophet, sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for there the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of. And he saved him there, not once or twice. I'm going to throw this in. Again and again. He saved him again and again from being overcome in that trap. Verse 11. Therefore the king, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and he said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, there's a traitor in the camp, boys. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elijah the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. 
And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him, capture him, seize him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he their horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Or how shall we escape? Or how shall we survive? And he answered, Fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that be with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. And when they came down to him, Elijah prayed unto the Lord, and he said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elijah. And Elijah said to them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them into Samaria. And it came to pass that when they were come to Samaria, that Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. That's one of the enemy cities. The king of Israel said unto Elijah, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, and he said, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldst thou smote them if thou had taken captive them with the sword and with the bow? But set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great, great provisions for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them their way. And they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. I want to make a few points to you tonight that when you, your situation seems hopeless and helpless, it can be turned into victory and peace. A few quick points. Verse, number, uh, verse 15, my first point. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 15. It talks about examining the situation that you're in. He looked out and he saw the enemy's army surrounding the city. Now I'm probably fixing to get in trouble. There's a whole lot of this new teaching going around that I just plain and simple, not only do I not agree with it, I don't think it's scriptural. And I'm going to make reference to it this way. Uh, they're basically saying lie. You want me to clarify that, don't you? Okay. How you doing today? Instead of saying, man, I got a migraine headache. But I'm believing God to heal me. It's this, man, I'm great. They're lying. It's just like the alcoholic. If you don't confront, you can't correct. I believe that it's not a sin to say, I have this situation. 
But I'm believing God. I'm asking God. I'm believing God for my healing, for my deliverance, for direction, for wisdom, for fill in the blank. So you've got to examine your situation in truth and in reality. Secondly, in verse 6, he says, fear not. We talked about fear last week and how it's, it is faith, but it's in the wrong thing. It's not the opposite of faith. It is faith, it's, but it's faith in failure. It's faith in negativity. It's faith in the opposition. It's faith in the, that the surmountable is insurmountable. It's faith in failure. So, where is your faith? Is it in God or it is in the opposition? Is it in God or is it in the doctor's report? Is it in God or is it in the stock market? It is in God or is it in yourself? I would say today, the only way you can fear not is if you have that Jesus that Skeeter sang about a while ago. The one that is the epitome of any and everything. Because all power is his. Not some power, not limited power. But all power is his. The power to convict, to, to draw, to save, to deliver, to cast out demons, to heal. The power to do what needs to be done. The truth, simple truth of the matter is this, that Jesus is enough. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I hope you never get tired of me saying that because I'm going to say it till the day he calls me home or till he comes back to get us. Because I believe it with all of my heart that he has not abandoned why he came. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He's come to set at liberty those that are bound. He's come to bind up the wounded, the brokenhearted. He's come to give us the oil of gladness for the spirit of heaviness. He's come to deliver, to heal, to restore, to put back together. He's come to give peace in the middle of storm. He's come to give wisdom that's beyond our own. He's come to give direction. He's come to guide our steps. He's not abandoned why he's come. He's not changed his mind. He completed it when he hung on that cross and said, it's finished. What we have to do is receive it and walk in it and expect God to show up and show out. Fear not. Third, we see in verse 17 where he prayed. We've talked about this so many times. Prayer is what? Communication with God. It's talking to God. It doesn't have to sound eloquent. It doesn't have to sound holier than thou. All it has to do to be effective is to be from your heart to a God that you know is bigger than your problem. That's as simple as I can put it. What was that song? Bigger than all my trials, Lord. Bigger than all my fears. That's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. And I just want to give you a reminder tonight. A P.S. A tack this on the end and don't forget that he watches over his word. That he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He won't put more on you than you can bear. But if you look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, if you keep your focus... If you keep your commitment, if you fight the fight, you will prevail. You will be victorious. But it, you prepare for that. One of the ways of preparing is in prayer. If prayer is communication, that means once you've let your need and request be made known unto God, you reach a point in that where you need to just be quiet for a while. Come on, Marvin, say amen. 
You reach a point where you need to be quiet for a while so that you can hear what God's got to say. If communication's what? It's two-way, isn't it? It's not just you to him, but it's him to you. The very thing you're asking him to do, if you'll be quiet, sometimes he'll tell you what the answer is. But we're, we live that fast microwave, run in, tell God what I want, and run out without even listening to what he has to say. So, how's your prayer life? Verse 18, watch God work. After he prayed, what happened? He took this big army and he blinds them. Now, the Lord works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. That's more than a catchy phrase. That's more than just something that sounds spiritual or sounds good. That is a truth. See, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. But God takes the simple things and confounds the wise of the world. He can make them turn on each other in a heartbeat. He can blind them spiritually. He can blind them physically. He can do what needs to be done. And what we have to do is trust him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. But in all of my ways, not some of my ways, but in all of my ways, acknowledge him, look to him is what it's saying. And he will direct my path. Why? Because if I'm in that right relationship, if I'm in prayer, if I'm preparing myself with his word and I'm in communication with him, he's going to order my steps. It's that simple. Because the steps of the righteous man, man in right, right relationship, is ordered of God. Throw this in for extra it's freedom. We'll move on and close. When you're in the valley of decision, until you hear God speak, don't you move. The profound truths of God are so simple that we find it hard to believe and embrace them. Everything, Ecclesiastes 3, to everything, there's a time and a season. And if God's going to give me marching orders, it may come at the last minute, last second. But if I wait on the Lord, listen to God, He gives me an order, He gives me a direction, He gives me instruction, then He will come right behind that with confirmation, because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word of God be established. I talk about this a lot because believe me, I got a lot of bloody noses before I learned how to do this. I don't go over and say, Big John, thank God told me so and so, what do you think? Because what he has to say, it may be from God and it may just be his opinion. But if God has spoken something to me, sit on it. Hold on to it. And somewhere... Somehow, most of the time, somebody unknowingly is going to say something to you that the, your spirit's going to go, there's your confirmation right there. There's your confirmation. Or you're going to hear somebody preach a sermon. It may even come in a song that's being sung. And your spirit will bear witness to the Holy Spirit that says, there's my confirmation. 
And I promise you, if you discipline yourself to wait on confirmation, you will not fail. You will succeed. You will go forth. You will overcome. And God will get glory and you get the pleasure. It's that simple. So we want to watch God work. After he caused their blindness, what did he say? They said, man, do we need to just go and kill them? No. This kind of makes us scratch our head here. Here's our enemy. They're blind. They're going to be easily defeated. Easy prey. But God says, no. Feed and water them. Man, that's that stuff we don't like to hear too much. Do good to them that wrongfully and despitefully use you. Bless them that curse not. <laughs> Why did he put that in there? Do good unto them. <sighs> oh. Some principles and ways of God don't make sense to us. That's why and how he confounds the wise. But if we'll learn to trust him and follow him, he knows the way through the wilderness. What was that old song we sang as kids? The Lord knows the way through the wilderness and all I have to do is follow. Easier said than done sometimes, believe me, because we want to kind of take our machete out and start clearing underbrush and trying to find our way out on our own kind of like in a maze but if we'll just wait God will God will take us through learn to minister to your enemies what happened when they did that it's very important I don't want you to miss it right at the end after they fed and watered them verse 23 Said so the band they went back to their master. So the and the bands of Syria came no more to Israel. They didn't try to invade them. They didn't try to conquer them. They didn't try to overthrow them anymore. Because God did something in their heart. And I want you to understand something. God will do the, something in the heart of people that have really wanted to do us wrong. If we'll just trust God, look to Him, love them. They don't they can't figure this being good to me stuff out. The Lord said when we do that it heaps coals of fire upon their head. You know what, Lord, let me see about that not long ago. Come on up, Nathaniel. Fire is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And fire consumes. When it's heaping those coals of fire upon their head, it's helping to consume that hate, that animosity, that prejudice, that whatever it is that's had them enraged, that demon-driven force, spirit, wrong. And the, the, the principle of kindness and love, the Spirit of God ministering to them that would do me wrong. They just can't figure that out. One quick example. Do you remember when they came to Jesus? He was teaching. They threw the woman that had been taken in adultery at his feet. And they wanted, to find, wanted Jesus to say something that they could 
condemn him with. And they said, now Moses in the law says that this woman should be stoned. What say you? He knelt down. He began to write in the dirt. Nobody knows what he really wrote. Most scholars believe that he was writing the sins of those who wanted this woman killed. But notice this. He said, let him that is without sin cast the first stone. Scripture says, beginning from the eldest to the least, they begin to drop their stones and walk away. You see, the ones that would have stoned her, wanted to stone her, couldn't because of their sins. But the one that could have stoned her, the one that was sinless, wouldn't stone her. That's the message to us, the church. Put your rocks down. Put coals of fire upon their head. The anointing and the power and the spirit of God. And watch their hearts and lives be changed and turned. Watch your situation be turned as a result. Watch relationships be stored, restored. You may have to swallow a little pride. You may have to eat a little bit of that humble pie. But so what? Jesus ate the whole pie. He humbled himself. And he became a slave for us. Until he says, I did it. It's finished. Then he walked out in his majesty and his power. And he holds the keys of not only death, hell, and the grave. He holds the keys to men's hearts. He holds the keys to the problems that you have. Just bow your heads if you would for a moment. I just simply want to do this and I'm going to close unless God moves to do something else. If you're like that servant of Elijah's, it, you look out the front door of your life and you see the hills infiltrated with enemies. 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 That have destruction on their mind of you and your life. Tonight you've just received a simple reminder that they that are with us are more and mightier than they that are against us. If I'll just stay committed, if I'll do my part, God will work. If you'll say, Dennis, that's me. And I accept that little poke in the spiritual gut and I want to commit to God and to myself to quit looking at the enemy and looking to Jesus the author and my finisher of my faith and to ask him in prayer and faith with that expectancy that unwavering expectancy to make a way where there is no way if that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. In the balcony, anyone? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. 
Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I just want to tell you, sometimes the Lord's not in the wind. Sometimes He's not in the fire. Sometimes He's in a still, small voice. And I believe that's the way He's choosing to move tonight. And I'm going to pray for the several hands that were lifted, but it's extremely important that you talk to God, that you ask the Lord for what it is that you need in your life, and maybe some of you don't even know what it is that you do need. Well, then just ask Him for help, and ask Him to show you, and ask Him to help you. You pray as I pray. Lord Jesus, your word tells us to pray one for another. And God, I just pray for sheep of this fold tonight and brothers and sisters that are in the Lord that they're seeing an enemy that the devil has tried to convince them that is overwhelming. But we see from your word tonight that as your child that you're more and you're mightier than they that are against us. God, I just pray tonight and that simple, small voice that you speak hope, that you speak peace, that you speak purpose and wisdom and power, that, Lord, that you speak and you touch and you move and you intervene and that, God, that you would help us. Lord, we look at that enemy as the strong man and we